Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wrestling Talk. I'm your host, Willie B. We have a very special guest on today's show, and here to introduce him as the founder, CEO, and promoter of Wrestling Talk, the Mark of All Marks, the Wrangler of Ring Rats, and the unofficial president of the Brian Christopher Fan Club, ladies and gentlemen, Mayor McCall. Thank you, Willie B. Hello again, everybody. Mayor McCall and Willie B. right along Podside, and we're about ready to go with another big week on Wrestling Talk with Mayor McCall. Been looking forward to this one all week long. It's going to be a doozy. Today, we are remembering and honoring the voice of Memphis Wrestling. He has been called one of the greatest wrestling announcers of all time. There is no Mount Rushmore of announcers without this individual. Jim Ross has included him in the top 10 announcers of all time, referring to him as a class act and a southern legend. Today, we are honoring the man, myth, and legend, none other than Mr. Lance Russell. And here to help us honor and remember Lance is his son. Welcome, Shane Russell. Well, hello again, everybody. Shane Russell, Mayor McCall, and Willie B. right along ringside for another big day of championship wrestling. Man, that is awesome. I, I, music to our ears. Music to our ears. Shane, how are you doing? You, I've heard... I am doing great. I uh, I always have to say that just because it was my dad's trademark every Saturday morning at eleven o'clock. So uh, I just love to say it. Well, the way I want to I want to go ahead and set the stage. So before we get into you know about you know your dad and, and everything, I, I reached out to a couple you know couple people I know, and I want to I want to read some uh, read some feedback. Um, before I get into that, I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, my my good buddy uh, Benny Scala from the Dan Benny in the Ring podcast. Uh, that's that's how we got together, Shane. I know you've uh, you've done his show, and Benny wanted me to give you his 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 warmest regards and wanted me to tell you that you're one of his favorite guests that he's ever had on his show so oh well that's that's high praise thank you very much absolutely so uh, yeah like i said i reached out to a couple individuals today to get some to get some feedback and comments on uh you and your dad so We'll start off with um, our good buddy, Mr. Downtown Bruno, uh, wanted me to tell you that you're a great guy. You're going to be a great guest. Uh, your dad was a great guy and helped him really get over in the business. And he recalls sitting at the French Riviera Spa, you know, together with your dad. A lot, a lot of fond memories uh, uh -huh. with your dad. Um, another individual right, you might know, uh, Mr. Randy Hales, uh, said you uh, would be a great guest. You're a great guy, and your dad was just, you know, one of the best ever and one a uh, great, great guy. My buddy Randy, yes. Absolutely. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, one half of one of the greatest tag teams ever. Mr. Ricky Morton has quoted uh, to me today that your dad was was the best ever. Uh, Mr. Wildfire Tommy Rich has said that your dad and Gordon Soley were the two best announcers ever. Reached, uh, reached out to somebody you might know as well. Uh, goes by the name of Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, Jerry gave me the thumbs up and gave me the seal of approval on this interview. And last but not least, uh, you might have heard of this guy. He, he goes by Handsome Jimbo from Mepho. Handsome. Uh, Handsome. So, Son of a gypsy, <laughs> that boy from New York City. So here, here's what uh, here's what Handsome had to say. He said, "Please give Shane my regards. I've known him since he was a young boy. The last years of his father's life, he would drive Lance in from Florida for appearances around Mempho. You can quote me on your great program in my autobiography. Woo, mercy, daddy, welcome to my world of Jimmy Valiant story." 
He stated that Lance Russell was the greatest color man announcer and interview in the history of pro wrestling. Uh. I work with them all, and I love Lance Lancer Dancer. He said, you'll have a great show with Shane. Love you, man, and knock it out of the park, Mayor. I know you will. So a lot of great feedback and, and comments from people around, you know, the, the Memphis wrestling world. So we're we're honored to have we're honored to have you, Shane, and thank you so much for doing this with us. Oh, that's that's just great. I haven't seen Jimmy in quite some time. He and Dad were good friends and got to uh, hang with him uh, on quite a few different shows uh, that uh, I took I took Dad to. Uh, but boy, but dad would have been so humbled to hear all that. I can tell you. And that's what we wanted to do. We we wanted to we wanted to definitely remember and honor the legacy of your father, Lance Russell. And you know, we um, we we do feel we do feel good episodes. And we're here to you know we don't we make zero money. This is not a profit venture for Willie and I. We give our personal time for, for you know for the dedication and love and passion we have for, for the Memphis wrestling territory and keeping these memories alive. Oh, it's great. I love it. I've, I've heard a couple of your stuff with downtown and Randy and Jimmy and loved them all, man. Thank you. Thank you. Very high praise. Very high praise. Very high praise. Thank you, Shane. So Shane, what, what age, um, or let's, let's go back. Tell us a little bit back sure. about your background. So did you grow up in Memphis? Yeah, I grew up in Memphis. Uh, <laughs> went to uh, Colonial Junior High and CBHS and Christian Brothers. And ended, yeah, yep. Ended up going to Memphis State University back when it was Memphis State University. And so I'm dating myself. I can tell them how old I am. But hey, I've been a wrestling fan uh, as long as I can remember. Um, I used to go down to WHBQ TV uh, with my dad and sit up on the uh, the stairs and go up to the director's booth and watch studio wrestling just about every Saturday. Um, and, and then as I got older and moved over to 13, I mean to five, uh, you know, I got into high school and college and I didn't go quite as much, but still watched it as, as much as I could. So about what age did you get, what they say, smart to the business? Did you realize that maybe it was predetermined or um, didn't, not necessarily everything that you see was as real as you thought? You know, that's a great question because people ask me that all the time. And and Dad was a big kayfabe guy. He, even with his family, he didn't, he didn't lead us on or tell us anything. Uh, I guess probably when I got into, oh, gee, I want to say high school, uh, we started, you know, we started having some really frank discussions about the business and and that's when I, that's when I just that's when I did get smart on it, and he kind of, you know, shared with me different things that went on and uh, how things were done and different stuff that like that. So would you watch your dad? Let's say you didn't go with him down to Channel Thirteen when you were a kid. Did you? Huh? Would you watch it on TV? Was there anything else to watch at eleven o'clock on Saturday? <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> I got to tell you a great story about that. If you don't mind me interrupting, sure, you, please, but, please. Um, you know the things that dad, the things that you people have to understand about my dad. You know he was a he was a TV guy first. He was program director at WHBQ TV, and that's you know he started out on radio. You know went into TV. Well, you know he and he, being a program director, he made decisions on what what programs go where and what time and who sees what. And so he got to looking at the ratings and saw that you know on Saturday morning. It was all cartoons. Everything was for kids. There was nothing for uh, for adults at that time. 
time slot. So he thought, you know, hey, let's move the wrestling program to 11 p.m., 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, and the rest is history. I mean, that's just the way Dad's, I, you know, his whole mind worked with TV. And I want to say that for people that don't know, he went against the grain to do that because that was not a popular decision at the uh, time. I want to say, I want to say, Gulas and Welch did not agree with his decision to do that. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a little bit uh, controversial at the time. He had to he had to go talk to corporate about RKO General owned uh, HBQ at the time. He had to talk to them and get their you know blessing to do this, and he had to do some really strong convincing to put a local wrestling program in slots where cartoons go. So yeah, it was uh, it, it, as it turned out, it was the it was the right move. So how did your dad get involved in TV? I'm, I'm going to assume that he started out in radio. Started out in radio. You know, he, uh, you know, he's, he and my mom both were from Ohio, and they ended up moving to Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, they had uh, my dad relatives there, and um, he got into doing radio at the time there in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, he also, I think it was WDIX, I think it was, and then he eventually moved into doing some uh, TV stuff there. Uh, and, and at the time, he was still doing play-by-play -play for, he did baseball, he did boxing, he did football, he did all kind of play-by-play, -play, all sports. And then in about 57, I want to say, 58, I'm going to have my dates a little off, but uh, they moved to Memphis uh, so he could go to work for WHBQ and be a disc jockey there with the likes of Wink Martindale and George Klein and Dewey Phillips and all those folks and uh, so then from there uh, he got it he moved into uh, TV and then I want to say it was probably 64 maybe 65 he got promoted to uh, be the program director and then uh, then after that everything you know went up from there so you spent some time so your family you grew up in jack jackson tennessee not many this is this is probably a far out question nobody ever knows this one i ask shane by chance have you heard of a town in tennessee called friendship tennessee you know i've heard of it couldn't tell you where it is though okay that's where my mom's side of the family was originally from and then right. uh, her other sibling actually had moved to jackson tennessee so kind of tie that in they grew up in friendship tennessee then uncle gary had moved to who jackson tennessee where he resided oh wow now my brother and sister were born in jackson uh i when they moved to memphis in 57 uh, I was born in 59 in Memphis, so I never actually lived in Jackson. But uh, for those of you who live in Jackson, if you go by a street called Russell Road, that is named after my grandfather uh, up there. He owned, quite, he owned quite a bit of land up there. And for those that don't know, um, that aren't from our area, Jackson is about 90 miles north of Memphis. So, Correct. And you also had two siblings, William and Valerie, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yep, Valerie, uh, my uh, my older sister, who uh, unfortunately passed away um, in seventeen, and my brother, uh, who we call who in the family we call Rusty, but his name is William Lance. Uh, but he he uh, he lives in Atlanta with his wife, uh, and uh, been there for a long time. You said your sister passed away in seventeen. 
Yeah, that was a. Uh, so that was, was the same year you time. lost you lost your dad too that year. Yeah, you uh, probably don't know the story about that, and that's a tough one for me. But my sister had been diagnosed with liver cancer, and uh, she had moved into hospice. And at that time, Dad was living with my wife and I here in Pensacola. So we decided we, you know, we were going to go up to Memphis and see her. And uh, we get up there, and Dad at that time, I don't know if you know too much about it, my dad, but he was he was showing signs of early dementia. Uh, and having trouble remembering things and just doing things. So that's why he lived with my wife and I. But we get up there, we're staying in my wife's, my uh, sister's house while she's in uh, hospice. And he falls and turns out he uh, broke his neck and had some other injuries. Um, so we rush him to the hospital and I'm in the emergency room with him. I get a phone call that my sister had passed away mm, man and so so when uh and my dad they moved him into the exact same hospice facility my sister was in so the day of my sister's funeral was the day my dad passed away oh man oh no. so, um it was it was just an unreal i looked at my wife and i said i i can't believe this has happened it's just crazy. When it rains, and, uh, it storms sometimes. Oh, it was a tough time. So in a yeah, in a four day period, I lost uh, my sister and my dad. You know, and it was tough. Well, we're here to definitely remember and honor your dad. But you know, Willie B and I too, we'd like to honor your sister Valerie, and we're very sorry for for the loss of your sister. And you know, God rest her soul. Thank you very much. So um. So I had, the, I had the privilege of actually meeting your father in, in 2017 down at the, um, I guess it was Lawler's on Bill Street at the Memphis Wrestling Hall of Fame, and uh, he couldn't yep. have been so that he couldn't have been a kinder, nicer man. He was there with Dave Brown, and uh, so that's I just want to get that out. That was my story meeting Lance. Um, he was just um, it's one of my prized possessions as a as a wrestling fan. That picture that I I, I hold it very very dear. Ah, oh, great! Thanks for saying that. That was. That was, I was actually, at that time, I was taking them around to do different things. I couldn't do that one, but because of uh, one of my daughters had her birthday. I think it was in uh, April, if I'm not mistaken, when that was. But um, my nephew took my dad down to that. I was going to ask that. I, I remember, I was going to say, I remember his grandson being there. And I didn't know that whether, whether that was your son or who, who yeah, he that, belonged that to. Was, yeah, that was my sister's son, and uh, he took him down there, and I had to, uh, I'd actually called Dave Brown ahead of time, and I, I told him to, you know, what Dad was going through, and uh, so please be on the lookout for him. And Dad said, I mean, uh, Dave said, Shane, don't worry, I got it, man. I'll take care of it. Well, well, speaking of that, would you tell us about your dad's relationship with Dave? Um, I know oh. Dave. When you hear Dave speak, um, and of course around here, we're obviously huge fans. Dave Brown is is still, even though he's retired, he's still the weatherman to us and the and the host of of the co-host of Memphis Wrestling. But he, he always gives, he never without a doubt goes without giving praise to your father and letting people know that without Lance Russell, there, there is no Dave Brown. That's exactly right. Um, and, and I can't tell you uh, enough good things about Dave Brown. Just a super guy. He and Dad had such a great relationship. You're right, Dad did get Dave. Dave was doing some radio at the time. And Dad said, hey, look, Dave, if you want to further your career, my suggestion to you is, 
is uh, come on over and do this program with me, or this wrestling program, and, uh, and get on TV. And uh, he took it, and uh, the rest is history with Dave, too. But their relationship was great. I don't know. I think I've heard the story that they, uh, they've known each other for so long that they never had a, a disagreement or an argument. And they were, in my opinion, I think the greatest uh, announcing uh, team in wrestling. So. That they they kicked it off back in the day. Your dad and um, Dave were cool since 1967. And what I kind of equate this to is, I know your dad had somebody falling off on the, you know, the TV side of things. So he was looking for a partner. So Vince McMahon right. always had, you know, he he has his boys, you know, Patterson and Briscoe. So 1967, your your dad acquired the, you know, the ranks of you know Mr. Dave Brown, and as as they say, the 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 rest is history. And to me, they're they're they the duo was so, and the duo and the formula and the recipe was different from what a lot of organizations and territories had going on. They were actually two, you know. Uh, you know, pro pro babyface announcers. When you had a different setup, you know, and you know later right. on in different parts of the country and stuff, you typically had a guy that you know was there to there to you know to to talk good about the face, and uh, you had another guy there was you know to take up for the heel, such as a you know a Gorilla Monsoon or a Jesse Ventura or a you know Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, or even like you know Ross and Lawler at some point. So I thought that dynamic was you know really cool. I mean, hell the 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 heels are bad guys, you know, as we call them. They didn't. They didn't have a chance on Channel Thirteen or Channel Five. They were, they were going against, you know, Dave, Dave, and and your dad or whatever. And they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, get, you know, really get anything in over over them. So tell tell us about, you know, that uh, that that dynamic they had together. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Dad. His philosophy on the announce team was you know they they never want he never wanted them to stand out above the talent and he wanted them to to call the call the, the play by play and 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 do the interviews but they he never really wanted to stand out dad although at times you know did some things uh with you know from with the behest of jerry jarrett you know either being a referee or having you know some things pulled on dad but he never really liked that too much you know he he and he wanted he and dave to, to call the action and and let the talent uh get the get uh, the glory and and everything else on it as it turned out uh i think you know that was a smart move in that it it, it took them it hopefully being more neutral and uh you know so people really respected everything that day day lance so I think that really paid off. Well, you, you talked about how they didn't want to overshadow the talent. <clears throat> That's true. You know, however, they were the 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 anchor of the show, the staple, and that's what people tuned in for every week. Was you you knew it was time when you heard that iconic opening from your father, and that it was you know that that that, that was the the again the just the anchor of the show. Tell us a little bit about your dad's role as the program director in charge of at Channel 13 and then at Channel 5. How he would handle his role within the company. You know, the the while the, you know, he was in charge of the TV side. Am I not? Am I correct that he, you know, he had while the wrestling came in, and Jerry Jarrett or the Goulas, whoever the promoter were, was, you know, they they had some say. But overall, your father and Dave too, they were actually they were they were in charge of TV. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, the, the show pretty much uh, played itself, I should say. Uh, they threw their two cents in because they knew TV. Both Dave and, and Dad knew TV and how how things would react. Uh, you know, as I, as I tell people the way I look at it, Jerry Jarrett was, he was the genius behind the whole the whole territory. I mean, he was the brains. Lawler, Fargo, Yamamoto, Dundee, all those guys, they were the talent. You know, they were the guys that people turned in. And Dave and Lance, they were the glue. They, were, they, they held everything together and kept it running smoothly and, and through the TV side of the business. And as we all know, TV is what, what made wrestling what it is today. They, they had a cast so, of characters, uh, a circus going on, and yet they were the they were straight laced. They were respectable. Exactly. They showed dignity and class, and they brought it. It was it's quite a it was quite a trade off uh, where with, with all the cast of characters you had every Saturday morning, uh, and then you have Lance and Dave who were you know just very um, just dignified gentlemen. I, I can't tell you how many times we heard when I took Dad around, people would come up and say. You know, you, you were the voice of my childhood. And you were like, when I turned on, you were like listening to my grandfather talk about the wrestling business. So everything you said, I believed. You know, and that's that's the way, that's how Memphis wrestling got over. Uh, you know, and I, to, to, to tell my dad, you know, people were felt relaxed around him. They felt he was part of the family. And that's the way he wanted people to perceive it. And also the adverse effect of that, your dad was so, so good at what he did and had that certain talent. I mean, his, the, the, the mannerisms, the, the, he, the words he used, I mean, he would use like special words like, we've got Jimmy Hart lurking around and you're, you're sitting at home, you're getting nervous. You're like, oh no, we've got, we've got, we've got the first family and Jimmy Hart lurking around here. Just the right. mannerisms that he would use and just, you know, like a pre-Jim Ross. I mean, watching your dad, you would not have thought that wrestling was predetermined, scripted, or none of that. It was very, very right. believable. And you could tell he, he he trained, you know, Dave followed your dad's footsteps. He was, you know, he was the co-host of your dad. And they both had that dynamic of making you believe that Saturday morning wrestling was, was the real deal. Exactly right. That's I mean, and that's, and that's what they wanted to do. You know, you asked me earlier about Dad and, and being program director. And, uh, you know, I always like to, you know, remind the fans, especially longtime Memphians. I think this goes back before your time, guys. But, uh, you know, there, there was a program that Dad uh, created called Fantastic Features with Savad. It was horror-based, uh, horror wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was horror-based. But it was, again, it just shows his his genius in TV, he, he, uh, he, he thought about all these, these old scary movies and he thought, hey, why don't we put together a program and show these movies but have a host? Well, he didn't create Savad. Savad had been around, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, Malco Theater and things like that, but he put the whole Fantastic Features together, went down and filmed the opening scene in Overton Park. And it's, I mean, for longtime Memphians, they will know Fantastic Features the minute I say it. The other thing that people don't realize about Dad, he created actually the first fishing show on TV with Bill Dance. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he, he thought, hey, you know what? This might be something people would like to see. You going out fishing and catching fish and doing all that. 
And I, I vividly remember going with Bill Dance and his kids and down to a fishing, a catfish pond and fishing with them and filming and doing all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's just... I'm sorry, go ahead, Shane. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that that's just, I mean, part of Dad's whole TV brain of, of, of figuring things out and coming up with new and inventive, innovative ideas, you know, to, to get ratings up. Which he shared with Jerry Jarrett and, and hopes that wrestling would too. Well, let's talk about that. So back in those days, your father, as a program director, actually had to be creative, had to come up with shows and ideas. It's a completely different um, way of TV was done back then as compared to today, where you know they are they're affiliated with with one of the big networks, and their shows are basically they're told other than what they put on the news, they are told what is what is what is going to be aired. So back in those days, right. to create a wrestling show, to create uh, the horror show, to create the the fishing with Bill Dance, you know, your father actually being the local program director was a really, really, really big deal. Right. Yeah. He. Uh, he. He. he uh, you know, on, on things like that, he he was just he was crazy. He was one of the best ad libbers I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, you're talking about today's. You know, all these announcers have earpieces in there to tell them to say this or do that or dad uh you know dave just they they did it all themselves on live tv every saturday morning and it was just it was just amazing to me i never saw him at a loss for words whether he's in front of the camera or in front of ten thousand people at the mid-south coliseum he he always came up with the right things to say it seemed like i know a lot of announcers they all have their different they all have a different uh, method to their madness, such as you know Gordon Soley, Jim Ross, Michael Cole, you know Lawler, um, you know the the, the big ones. Um, how did your dad prepare for for the matches? Did he know the predetermined outcome, or did you know, or was he just kind of wing it and like whatever happened, he just straight call play by play action? Well, that's a that's an interesting story. Um, dad, he always told people. Uh, and he told me all the time that he he didn't want Dave and him, and him to know, you know who how the match was going to end, uh, so they could get a, a a true reaction to what was going on. I sometimes doubted that. Uh, I think they knew on some matches, but I think on other matches they had no idea. They just they called it like it was, and they wanted to get the gut reaction to the fans as to what went on in the ring. So, yeah, I think there's well, a little bit of some give and take there. That's exactly the formula that Jerry Lawler uses. Like, you know, Michael Cole and Jim Ross would go to the staff production meetings, you know, three and four hours, and Lawler pretty much, you know, show up at ringside ready to go, could, you know, call a hell of a match and didn't miss a beat. Did Do you think Jerry learned that formula from your dad, not knowing, you know, the, 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 the art of not knowing what's going to be – going to happen so it can be like a true reaction to the fans you know I, I I really I couldn't answer that I can tell you that Jerry probably learned a lot from Lance Russell and Dave Brown absolutely uh, through all his time uh, but dad was the first one to admit that you know Jerry gets high praise to dad too that without Lance, uh, Lance Russell there would be no Jerry Lawler well, that yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. to yeah, that goes to one of the questions we were we were gonna <laughs> we're gonna ask you. Um, the King tells a story that without your father showing his drawings on Channel Thirteen from the Monday right. Night matches, that he would have never gotten into the wrestling business. You know how 
How special and impactful was their relationship? And I know we're, we're all, since we're on the subject. Yeah, it's it's a great question, and we get it a lot. But you know, Dad, uh, Dad, you know, to his credit, he did see the Jerry would send in the drawings, and Dad saw them, and you know, again, he thought, hey, this would be great to show these drawings, and uh, and and had the idea of bringing Jerry down to the the studio and talk about his drawings and the and the uh, show that went on that you know down at either Monday night or Saturday morning. So, but dad always said, he said, look, you know, I'm the one that got the ball in motion with Jerry, but Jerry is such a great talent. He, he would have been there regardless. And dad, dad always admitted that, that. I mean, you just look at Jerry Lawler. He's got it all. You know, he can wrestle, he can talk. You know, he's an artist. You know, just the charisma that he has is crazy. Well, and, and we're very biased. We, we we make no no bones about that. Being growing up in Memphis and you know Memphis wrestling and the King is everything to us. But I will I will go on record as saying that you know when you and narrowing it down to the top four talents overall talents of all time in the wrestling business, Jerry Lawler's up there. As you said, he did it. He literally did it all. Wrestling. He promoted. One of the greatest uh, color guys. You know, all the, the voice of Monday Night Raw along with Jim Ross. There's literally nothing in the wrestling industry that he not only hadn't done that he didn't he wasn't great at. Right, exactly right. Yeah, uh, great, great. Hey, just just so while I'm thinking about it too, I just I haven't talked to Jerry since his last uh, bout uh, that he had with his heart. I hope uh, I hope he's doing great and uh, best wishes to him. I'll uh, I'll reach out to the king and and let him know you said that. Yeah. That that'd be awesome. Um, you know, of course, I think you caught from the the, the intro, the great intro that, that Willie B uh, did. That I'm the unofficial president of the Brian Christopher Fan yeah. Club. So, yeah. well, with that being said, you know, we've we've discussed. Um, you know, you had you had Jeff Jarrett, who was the son of Jerry Jarrett. You had Brian Christopher, of course, the son of of Jerry Lawler. You had J.C. Ice, Jamie Dundee, the son of Bill Dundee. What was it like being the son of of, of Lance Russell? Uh, that's, that's good uh well i tell you what early on it was uh it was rough uh, uh in in grade school especially especially when lawler came around and started calling dad banana nose ah. i uh <laughs> i uh unfortunately or fortunately have the same uh appendage that my dad had in the middle of his face so, uh i i have a i have his nose exact same nose so when I was in grade school, I was known as Banana Nose Junior. And Thanks I, a lot, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that I is a I, that. There, there's no doubt that was tough as a child, but I, I won't lie. That is that is hilarious to hear. That is I, that's a great I, story. I, I tell Lawler that all the time. Exactly what you said. I said, "Hey, thanks a lot, Jerry." Jerry, you made you made me you tough know. on the playground. I had to I had to learn to fight at an early age. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, but I, I bet tell you what. When the word got out that uh, my dad was Lance Russell, it, things kind of changed. I got a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, uh, niceness from uh, the kids and teachers. Actually, that's awesome. Hell yeah, they're thinking that uh, you know somebody like uh, 
you know, the, the king or, or Tojo Yamamoto right. or the dream machine or somebody's going to show up at the damn school, you know, be like, what did you say about our, our boy yeah. Shane? So did you, when you were in school, did you, did you get a lot of questions from your classmates about wrestling nonstop? Did it, did it ever get on your nerves? Was it one of those things that, man, they were just so intrigued by? Because it was, it was the show to see, especially during those times. You know what was that like? Um, getting, I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing you got asked a lot, of, uh, a lot about it. Probably especially on Tuesday yeah. mornings, right, Shane? <laughs> yes, especially on Tuesday mornings. But yeah, uh, you know, I get, I get asked that, you know, quite a bit. You know, of course, I heard it all the time. Hey, it's fake. They don't do this and that. Of course, I'd have to defend it, you know. And my dad always had a great line. He always would say, you know, for those who believe, no explanation is necessary. For those who don't, none will do. That's right. uh, Yeah, so, you know, and I always try to explain to them uh, that, you know, hey, wrestling, there's no way I or you would want to be in a ring with one of those guys. No no matter how fake it is, you're still falling from doing a backflip and falling on your back or going over the top rope or doing whatever. That takes a toll on the body. So, you know, kind of going back to we're talking about what was it like to be the son the son of Lance Russell that, you know, how how did, how did y'all live in Memphis? Did y'all live like, you know, like like heroes of the city? Was it a modest living? Did y'all have like the latest, you know, model of car like, you know, everywhere you went, your dad a big shot? I mean, tell us about some of that. Far far from it. My uh, as I as we joke in the family, dad was uh had that old scotch blood in him he he had trouble spending money so he he saved his money thank goodness and uh we never lived in a big house we were very just true middle class uh family and uh i was the only my brother and sister went to uh public schools i ended up going to private school only because busing happened at the time and i was going to get bussed all the way across the city so so what, Dad, and didn't what, want me to do that. So what, what part of town did you live in? We lived over off of, um, you know where Audubon Park and Perkins is? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, we kind of live all, right off of between Perkins, Park Avenue, and Quince Road, kind of right in that area. Yep, know exactly uh, what you're talking about. But not yeah, too far I, from Highland. Wa- yeah, not too far from Highland, but, you know, a little bit. Short, but, drive, uh, short I, drive to the Coliseum for Lance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I'd, I'd walk to, to uh, junior high school, Colonial Elementary, and my brother and sister went right down the road over to high school. And uh, no, it was, just, it was just a very, very, uh, you know, nothing showy. Now, my dad, the one thing I, I always tell people, joke about, dad, dad got out of a lot of speeding tickets, that's for sure. So <laughs> once, they, once they once the policeman pulled him over and said, "Oh, Lance Russell, uh, oh hey, how you doing, Lance? I saw you on." Saturday morning. Hey, listen, just slow it down a little bit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny, and that's awesome. That's great. And it's funny you said that y'all live modestly because I always had this vision of, like, your dad driving down Union Avenue like a Hot Rod Lincoln, like a George Jones video or something, being Big Lance Russell, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Not far from it, believe me. As far as your personal experience, who is who is, who is some of your heroes of Memphis wrestling? Oh, well, you know, I grew up, I guess, the very, when I grew, was, was first started watching it, you know, Jackie Fargo, the fabulous one, without a doubt, was, was my hero. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, he was, he was the guy. And then, of course, Lawler came in, and then Dundee came in, and 
really uh, just you know I got to know them too, and and those were probably my my really heroes that uh, that uh, I, I grew up you know watching wrestling with. Um, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned Jackie Fargo because I actually have the I have the pristine pleasure of being great friends with his daughter Charlotte Fargo, and we were actually talking today, and she was very excited about this interview, and she wanted me to tell you how much she cares about you and what a great great guy you are, and she's you know she appreciates the kind words you always say about her dad as well though. So the great Lance Russell and the great Jackie Fargo, Memphis bound baby. That's exactly right. Yeah, Charlotte and I, uh, we, we're actually friends on Facebook, and I, I uh, unfortunately, I, I met her for the first time at uh, Brian Christopher's funeral. Whoa. Uh, I was so, there. Uh, yeah, oh, you were there? Yeah, I was there uh, with my, actually, with my wife. Uh, we all, we drove up, and I got to meet Charlotte and uh, see her and talk to her, and it's kind of interesting, you know, seeing uh, you know, the, the, the children of professional wrestlers, uh, like when I went down to uh, AEW when they had did a tribute to Memphis Wrestling a couple of years back, I was there with Kevin Lawler, and, and Kevin and I were like looking at each other like, hey, what, what are we doing here with <laughs> Handsome Jimmy and Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson and Austin Idol and, you know... <laughs> But uh, it was nice of AEW to, to, to remember Dad and so, uh, and uh, doing that. So, how was that experience? Did you obviously you, you enjoyed it? Was, was that a did Tony uh, Tony Tony roll out the red carpet for you guys? He did. He, he, he was they. He couldn't have been as nice. He he evidently he he evidently. I think if I remember hearing back in the early days, he would trade tapes and got a lot of Memphis wrestling tapes. So. Memphis wrestling was near and dear to his heart, and um, so yeah, he they, he did roll out the red carpet for all of us, and uh, it was just a great night. I really enjoyed seeing everybody. Dave Brown came down, got to see him. Uh, Tony Schiavone was there, uh, which I hadn't seen him in ages, and he couldn't couldn't have said nicer things about Dad. And he, he so, worked with your uh, father, and I guess around 1989 when Lance went up to to Atlanta to work, correct? Yes, yes, he uh, he did. Uh, got to see. Uh, well, this was out at Ca- uh, Cauliflower Alley out in Vegas when they uh, honored Dad. But got to spend some time with Jr. out there and uh, talk to him. And uh, oh shoot, I, his name just escaped me. The guy who did uh, color for uh, WWE, uh, Michael very Cole? famous. No, 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 no. Older, older. Um, Gorilla Monsoon. Lee. No, no, short guy, little guy. All he did was just a uh, color. Uh, oh, heck, I can't. It, it'll help me later on. What year? Did what year? Did you, what year was this? Well, we went out to uh, Vegas in uh, uh, guy. What was it? Uh, Fifteen, I think. It was. So it didn't have been Mean Gene Overland. Mean Gene. That's yep. it was Mean Gene. Got to spend some time with Mean Gene. Dad, Dad, Mean Gene talked for a long time about the business. You, so. you you made me think of something, Shane, and I, we we so I, I had no idea you even listened to us, and I'm over here kind of you know marking out about that. But if you, if you haven't picked up on it, you said something that 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 triggered this in my mind. If you can't tell on on this podcast, Willie B is the refined the he's the refined Tony Schiavone, and I'm more <laughs> like the Bobby Heenan or the Jerry Lawler. I'm sure you picked up on that, you know. So. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. I, it's funny you said Tony Schiavone because I actually was I was I was comparing Willie B to Tony Schiavone the other day. So I, I have uh, I have very high praise for, for Willie B, and I actually I can't I'm, I'm not going to lie on air and say I've received a ton of them, but I actually have since we've been doing this I actually have received one email asking to be somebody asking to be the president of the Willie B fan club. So oh, <laughs> there you go, wow. Willie B. That poor soul. That All poor right. soul. <laughs> <laughs> Probably somebody out of Jackson, Tennessee. Who knows? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how, how was your dad's um, transition from going to Memphis Wrestling in 1989 up to Atlanta to work for WCW? You know, he was really excited about that. Um, you know, he he, uh, he he wanted to try his talent in the in what, you know, I guess the na- on a national scale. Um well, at that point, the, the money, business had gone nationwide. I mean, you had the territories were right. slowly going away. Right, exactly. Of course, the money wasn't bad either. So, uh, but I think more than anything, he wanted to get on a national scale and and said, "Now, the sad part is, is that they didn't use him properly." Agreed. And uh, they just wasted his talent. He enjoyed his time there. He enjoyed doing what he did, but. He realized it was, uh, you know, he wasn't going anywhere and wasn't moving up, and they weren't going to use him the way he thought he should be used. So, time to go home. Great move for, you know, of course, your dad and your family, but, you know, a sad day for Memphis wrestling fans because 89 and 90, that's just when, you know, uh, you know the USWA was kicking off and we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't have Lance anymore. Lance went on to the WCW with Gordon Soley. Right, right, exactly. End of an era, end of an era. So, yeah. you know, I heard Jim Cornette say that later in life when your father, you know, you guys would go to wrestling conventions and reunions and right. all those things, that maybe he didn't realize just how famous and impactful he was. Is, that, is there any that maybe he thought the fans had forgotten about him or he just didn't, I don't know, maybe just didn't realize that how, how truly um, revered that he was. Is there any truth to that? That, that is exactly true. And, and I apologize ahead of time when I – when I start talking about some of these stories, I get a little a little teared up here. But so just bear with me. But um, we went to my mom had passed away in uh, fourteen two thousand fourteen, and Dad had stayed close to home because she had been sick for probably two or three years. So he really didn't get out and do anything. And and so uh, when when Mom passed away, uh, we decided to create Dad a Facebook page. Of course, he had no idea what Facebook was at the time. And <laughs> we 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 started the page, and and the, the, it was unbelievable uh, the response that we got on that. Uh, Lance Russell, the voice of Memphis wrestling. Uh, actually, my brother put that together. But um, so we get a phone call. I get a phone call from uh, Jeffrey Osborne up in uh, Evansville, Indiana. Uh, is it Evansville? Yeah, that was the that was part of the territory. That was the northern northern part of the Memphis territory, along with Louisville. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he says, "Hey, I'd like to we're having this Comic Con," and you know, in those days, that was kind of early too. And I'm like, "Comic Con? What's a what's a Comic Con?" <laughs> of course, Dad had no idea of it. So he told me about it. He said, "Hey, I've got Lawler coming up. I got Dundee coming up. Love to have your dad come up." And so I went to talk to Dad. And Dad's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And he, I said, Dad, they want you to come up and sign some autographs and tell some stories about wrestling. And 
He goes, Shane, are you kidding me? I've been away from wrestling so long. There's nobody going to remember me up there. I said, Dan, trust me. They're going to remember you. You're all over YouTube. He goes, what's YouTube? I said, okay, Dan, come here. Let's sit down. <laughs> so I showed him. I showed him all of the YouTube. Well, not all of it because there's too much to show at one time. But I showed him a bunch of the, the videos. and He goes, okay, let's try it out. So we go up there, and uh, Jeffrey Osborne, I can't say enough great things about him, but he uh, put on this pop con up there, and uh, I believe, Dad could not believe the reaction that he got. The Some of the lines were longer to, to get Dad's autograph than Jerry Lawler's or Bill Dundee's or Handsome Jimmy. It was unbelievable. Dad just said, what? where have all these people been? I can't believe it. They remember me. And I said, Dad, you don't seem to understand. You, you're a legend in this business. And he just couldn't believe it. And how, so, ironic, yes, is, he, and how ironic is that? Your dad, you know, city, citywide, you know, famous program director. Then later in life, you're, giving, you're providing him technical ex expertise. <laughs> I know. Come on, was, Dad. Uh, let's, let's, let's look at you on YouTube. What's YouTube? Yeah, it was crazy. And what was funny was, you know, we're dad, both dad and I were new to that whole going to comic cons or wrestling, you know, thing, conventions or anything. We didn't have anything. We didn't have any pictures or banners anything. or anything. You just just showed Nothing. up. What? Yeah, just showed up, and he was signing. He was signing T-shirts that people had, and and uh, just anything they had, he he would sign. And dad, I, and I just tell you this: this is the way dad thought. He saw. And nothing to, nothing to take away from wrestlers, and I mean, that's how they make their money, but he could, he would not charge anybody just to sign an autograph. That's just the way he thought. He goes, hey, you're fans of professional wrestling. They made us. There's no way I'm charging anybody for it to sign my autograph. Well, I've got to get so, Willie B on board with that because, you know, for $3, he'll give you that picture and autograph combo, so <laughs> me and Willie got to work on that, so. Uh, well. Let's uh let's jump around and talk about some some really really important stuff that your dad was you know first of and a part of, um you know your dad had it was it was a everybody knew it was a big big no no to get physical and touch your dad, 1981 the Dream Machine attacked your dad tell us tell us um your thoughts on that and what your dad had to say about that and how he felt about that being the first time. Well, I tell you what he was. Uh he was he was totally shocked about what happened was because again you're exactly right it was a no-no um, to to touch Lance Russell but uh, he he couldn't believe it so this said, wasn't man, this what? wasn't planned he he was oh, shocked no. as, he was a, he was as shocked as the people at home watching oh my gosh he he said Shane you can't you can't imagine I'm sitting there talking about you know the video. I think they did an alley oop video going in about Dream Machine, and he sees Dream coming out, and he's thinking, okay, he's gonna really go off on this video and making fun of him. And he said, next thing I know, he grabs me and knocks me to the ground. But you know what? I, I'm no wrestler. He says this guy's big, you know, and he can just put a hand on me, and I'm going down. And uh, so yeah, he was totally shocked. You know, another thing that uh, you, that you remember is. Uh, when Jimmy Hart, right before he left the yes. territory, he uh, 
he dumped that bag of flour on Dad. Well, the the story goes is that uh, Jimmy was just going to, like, sprinkle some flour on him. And Jimmy decides to dump the whole bag on him. Oh, wow. Which, which uh, Dad tells a story. He, uh, he made the, the, the big mistake of going back in the dressing room and getting in the shower. He says, you know what happens when you put water on flour, right? <laughs> well, now Maybe he turned into a southern biscuit. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, back in the early days, uh, you know, he would talk about um, Don Green. I don't know if you remember Don Green. Don and Al Green. Don and Al Green. But Don used to get a kick out of trying to either shove Lance or hit him. Not hit him, but, you know, just kind of move him, you know, to let him know he's there. So uh, he always used to get a kick out of that. But I tell you who got really mad was my mom because when he would come home with blood stains on his suit or his shirt, she was livid. And, uh, and believe me, uh, you can't get blood half out, you know, out of shirts and suits. And, and, uh, and the promoters weren't paying bad uh, any suits and no he didn't get any Baxter suits well that's what I was about to ask it was <laughs> was he well, you know part of the Baxter suits that he was anything ever given to him for you know I guess you know, you know being uh, uh, advertising for them so I, I asked dad that question and he said you know in all the years I, I advertised for them they gave me one suit and that was it Man, well, he got he got the short end of the stick because even FM one hundred, you know, provided uh, handsome Jimmy with some gear. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Hey, Shane, I'm sorry, but I have to back up on something because you have just smartened us up, and I had no idea the Dream Machine, you know, that that angle was a shoot and not a work. Um, did that piss your dad off? Did your dad confront him? The management, you know, the TV, uh, you know. Anybody from, you know, the, the TV side, maybe like Randy West, Guy Coffee, anybody like that, confront the dream machine because, you know, Lance, without Lance, that was, you know, that was the voice. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't be getting rough with, with certain people on the playground. It's a no-no. Yeah, yeah. Dad, uh, Dad voiced his opinion. You know, he was nice about it. He, he realized the business he was in. But I, I think I think Eddie, uh, Eddie Marlin uh, definitely had a talk with uh, the dream about it. Don't know who else did, but they said, "Hey, look, this is something you don't want to do. So, uh, don't want to mess with Lance." You know, the other the other thing that I always every time I think about Dream Machine, I think the other episode. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or not. But when Dad pulled out the hammer on, on Tojo Yamamoto. <laughs> yes, yes, oh that is a gosh. great one. You know, I had to remind my dad. I said, "Dad, what what were you thinking when you pulled that hammer out?" And he goes, "What are you talking about?" And again, this is later in life when, you know, his memory was, was slipping. I had to show him the video and he goes, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that That's kind of a segue into one of the next questions I had because you talked about your mom not being comfortable and too happy and nervous about some situations. But, you know, yeah. there, you know, and there was a different, there was a different atmosphere and there was a diff different level of excitement than there was on you know channel 13 channel 5 wrestling when monday night at the mid-south coliseum hit and things got a little bit wild and crazy at times um your dad and randy hales were commentating you know the um the lawler versus idol hair versus hair match 
where right. you know somebody was going to get their uh, head shaved, and if 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 Lawler won, then Idol had put up fifty thousand dollars to you know pay back the 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 people that went to the Coliseum for their tickets, and. You can go back and watch that and make a long story short. Uh, uh, Idol won that match. Uh, Tommy Rich had been under the ring for about, they say, anywhere from four to six hours drinking on a case of beer. Comes out of there. Exactly right. (laughs) Comes out of there and gives uh, two pal drivers, the second one being a spike pal driver with the assistance of Idol. And after that, I mean, you can go back and watch some of that footage. Idol, you know, himself has said he thought he was going to die that night. The Coliseum went into a frenzy. Was there ever a time your dad was like, whoa, guys, like this is this is getting to be too much. We're, we're pushing the envelope too much here. These people are really believing what we're doing. You know, I don't think so. I mean, he, he tells about that story a lot. Uh, you know, the fans did go crazy. He would, He never really feared feared anything for him. Again, he was he was the good guy. You know, he was Lance Russell. Nobody was going to mess with him. Now he does tell the story about one time. This goes way back, back in the old Ellis Auditorium, when things got really heated. Uh, there were some. Um, there were some. How can I put this? Racial things going on at that time. Yes. Yes. And uh, and 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 then people were getting very upset, and they were throwing things all over the place, beer bottles, everything. And somebody had to go out and calm the crowd down, and everybody voted for Lance Russell to do that. And Dad tells a story about him walking out there, and then he said, "I was scared for my life at that time." He says, but it, but we we got through it and everybody calmed down and we got on with the show. Was your dad treated like one of the boys when it came to having like personal security and everything like that? No, not really. Uh, again, nobody really messed with dad. You know, dad was a good guy. You know, he was Lance Russell. And no, he, he didn't have any issues with that at all. Well, I really, I really, really loved and respected your dad and Dave Brown, but I didn't like them though because I liked the bad guys, and they were not for the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so let's let's back up one a little bit more. I forgot to to ask this earlier. So in 1977, Lance uh-huh. and Dave end up leaving Channel 13 to Channel 5. Um, uh-huh. What that one that goes to show the impact of of you know they left for. Uh, you know, I guess Jerry Jarrett had told them, "Hey, I could bring, I could bring Lance and Dave over here to Channel Five. We put the TV, put wrestling on Channel Five TV." What was? Can you do you remember what that time period was like for your dad, and and how how hard of a decision that was? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a real difficult time period. A couple of things were going on there. One, Dad, you know, you got to understand, Dad had been with RKO General. Uh, he had a he had a uh, you know a regular salary, had good benefits. Uh, his future looked bright with the company, and then all of a sudden, for Jerry Jarrett comes say, "Hey, why don't you come work for for the wrestling company?" You know, and he's like, "Gee, you know, I don't know, man. I got a good gig going right now." But uh, but yeah, so it, you know, he ended up doing it. But at the time, there was also Dad was program director, and there were some you know obligations that he had to do. Uh, and there was some, uh, how can I say this, uh, legal stuff going on between Nick and Jerry, Nick Goulas and Jerry Jarrett. And there were a couple of letters sent to Dad, you know, about you know possibly a lawsuit and 
all this kind of stuff. So uh, Dad was very leery about, you know, doing this whole thing. Um, but uh, he ended up, he said, hey, you know what? I enjoy wrestling. I enjoy working with the guys. Uh, let's try it and let's see how it goes. And your dad also had that sixth sense when it came to putting on things or airing things that people wanted to see. Like, for example, 1979, we've got the famous, you know, Tupelo, Mississippi concession stand brawl. That was pretty, that was between Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee against the Blonde Bombers, who was Wayne Ferris, Jerry Lawler's cousin, went on to be the Honky Tonk Man, and yep. Larry Latham, who became Moondog Spot. But your dad called that on the fly. That was not planned. And as soon as your dad, your dad had such a niche for TV, as soon as that started, your dad signaled the camera guy. He said, hey, hey, start filming. Exactly right. You know, I tell people that that may be the pinnacle of dad and, and uh, you know, if you've seen the video, it actually goes, it goes, you can hear Lance Russell say, hey, um, oh shoot, Mike, it was Mike, hey Mike, uh, something's going on down here, come on, get your camera. And uh, you see him turn the camera on and then weaving down the back stairs uh, and catching them in the uh, in the concession stand. And it was just genius the way the whole thing went down. It was, course, it really now, was. Uh, again, you know, you got to hand it to Jerry Jarrett. You know, of course, he, he was the promoter and, you know, he said, hey, let's make something happen that night. And, of course, then there's Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and those guys who made something happen. So, and luckily dad was there and uh, was able to capture it all. And your dad, you know, your, your dad, you know, he needs all the credit in the world. And that's why we're doing this the, to honor him and keep, keep his memory alive. I mean, to me, he's, he's part of so many first, I mean, okay, we, we fast forward or, or no, no, not fast forward. We'll go back. We'll go back to 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. We had, we had, we had something show up called COVID. So if you yeah. watch some of that, you know, that, that wrestling at that time, you've got announcers calling, you know, empty, you know, you've got wrestlers there, but you don't have any fans. You don't have an audience. Right. Hell, your dad did that at the Mid-South Coliseum with Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. He was a pioneer of that. You're exactly right. And dad, dad to, to, to the day he died, the one thing he hated about that video was they caught him smoking a cigarette <laughs> on camera. He says to this day, he wish he'd never done that. He quit a long time. You know, he, he gave it up a long time, but he, he regrets having that filmed on. Again, dad was old school. He, he didn't like, he didn't like the, he didn't like, you know, smoking on TV. He didn't like cussing. He didn't like any of that kind of, he, I tell you one thing he hated was when Joe LaDuke cut his arm. Oh. Dad almost blew a gasket after that was over with. And he, you know, he did not want that blood see somebody mutilate themselves on TV in front of all of the fans. He hated that. That's that's why that's why Memphis wrestling, as they say, is so important to to all of wrestling because, you know, we Willie and I, we, we learn more and more every time we do this or through our research there was so there were so many you know shoots uh, rather than works that people just didn't know about it was a lot of stuff on the fly you know we you know the the dream machine incident and you know your dad you know talking about how your dad felt about you know joe laduke and i'm sure we could go on all night but a lot of a lot of spots and angles that were just you know done done on the fly that that wasn't discussed in the back 
Right. Exactly right. And again, dad was old school. Uh, you know, just didn't like any of that stuff. He, uh, he especially did not like anybody saying any bad language at all on TV. So that was, that was a real no-no too. In your dad's defense, though, if I'm at the Colise- if I'm at an empty Coliseum with Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler, I'm probably going to have more than one cigarette. So we're not we're not going to we're not going to blast Lance on that one. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, what a great. Uh, it didn't draw much money, but uh, what a great. Uh, but it's great iconic. thing to have it. Yeah, it is. It's iconic, and, and mean, we're still talking about it forty years later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, too bad it didn't draw much money on that, but. But it shows, yeah, yeah, but it, it shows the versatility and skill of Lance Russell to be able to do so without the the impact of the crowd, and it just being totally quiet, other than, than two wrestlers, you know, going at it and, and and what you know having a match. What was your dad's exactly. favorite part of, of of Memphis wrestling history? As far as a match he called a feud or just something that he got to be a part of that he would talk about? Well, you know, Dad. Uh Dad always liked the older wrestlers. I'll start with that first. He was always a big fan of Luthes. One of his most famous pictures that he said, this has got to be one of my most favorite pictures, is he and, and Luthes back in the, God, it had to have been early 60s. Uh, uh, could have been late 50s, but it was early 60s. But he just thought Luthes was the, just the best. And... Um, he always liked calling Luthez's match, although he didn't come to Memphis very often. He did come some. Uh, but but besides that, he thought the Lawler-Dundee matches were, were the best that uh, he's ever called. He just, he just thought it couldn't get any better than that. And I'm and I'm sure that I'm sure that your dad probably almost you know looked at Lawler and probably some sort of sunlight and everything too with you know get having his credit of getting him started and everything like that. I'm sure your dad, I'm sure your dad in 1988 was just tickled to death to call that Lawler and you know Henning match. You know uh, oh. when when Lawler brought that AWA title to Memphis, I'm sure your dad was just ecstatic to be able to call that. Almost felt like, hey, look, look, Memphis, we. We, we did it. The, 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 the king is here. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, that was uh, Dad and Lawler's relationship. It's almost kind of like a kind of like a father-son relationship almost uh, to some degree. Dad, Dad had so much respect for Lawler, and I think Lawler uh, had so much respect for Dad. Um, you know, when, when he was able to call see Lawler win that 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 title match I can remember him for days saying how happy he was for Jerry how it was just great for that to happen you know a couple other instances that really show their relationship when dad went out to Las Vegas for the Colorado Hourly Club you know they you could have someone come out and introduce introduce that person he thought golly I'd like to have Jerry come out but he said he has such a busy schedule I don't know if he could do it well, Dad calls Lawler, and Lawler says, Lance, he says, I'm going to be there. Don't worry about it. I will be there to announce you out to get your honor. Man, and Dad, Dad felt great about it. Then the other thing, and here I'm tearing up again, but when Dad passed away, and um, we, I told, I told the guy, the funeral director, I said, look, I want to have the funeral at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. What, what better Iconic. time to have it? Yes. And let's open it up to the to the city of Memphis. 
He says, and, and I and I talked to him. I said, I want Dave and I want that Jerry Lawler to say something. So I called Lawler, and he, Lawler goes, Oh my God! I'm, he goes, I'm supposed to be at the New York Comic Con that 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 weekend. He goes, But I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna be there. Don't don't you worry about it. I remember seeing. I think I've seen the YouTube clips uh, of Lawler's speech, and it was it was you could tell um, Jerry was. You know, speaking from the heart, and how how much Lance meant to him, and how you know he was trying everything he could to keep it together. And it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful speech. It was like you know, it was like Jerry, you know, losing a father, and Dave Brown losing a brother. Exactly, that's a great way to put it. You're exactly right. Yeah. And and I'm so glad you know not you know not to bring up you know the funeral and all. I mean, that's not the the height of this, but you know that that just speaks volumes on how the relationship your dad had with these guys. I mean, and that says volumes about Jerry Lawler, too, because I know a lot of guys today that have commitments, no matter how small or be, they keep their commitments, and, oh, I'm going to send condolences to the family. Sorry I can't be there, but hell no. Jerry Lawler said, you know what? I'll be there, and that speaks volumes of the king and the relationship that, that your dad and Jerry shared, along with, you know, Dave yeah. Brown. Dave, yeah. You know, we both know that, you know, the three of us, me, you, and Willie B, know that Dave Brown wouldn't have missed that for the world. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Jerry, Jerry had so much res respect for Dad, and and, and vice versa. And I, I just, I, I, I just, it just teared me up when I when uh, when Lawler told me he'd be there, he'd forego that New York Comic Con and uh, and be there. I, I just couldn't believe it. Your dad has just done so many iconic things, and like I said, we've, you know, we could we could talk for days. Your dad was hell. He was the soundtrack for the Lawler Kaufman feud. I mean that 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 wouldn't have been the same without your dad no way no how no shape or fashion or form it just it wouldn't have been the same um he, he loved doing that absolutely did he enjoy his interaction with andy did he have much oh, out, well he did. did he have much outside of of the actual being on air did he actually have private conversations with him yeah yeah he, he definitely had conversation with me and you know the one thing dad said he goes he goes, man he's a weird dude <laughs> <laughs> you know I can, I, uh -huh. I can see that i can see that yeah, he was he was weird. I, I you know you, you you've heard the story about you know Kaufman in, in the first match with Lawler when he wouldn't get out of the ring. Yes, where you he know, took the pile uh, driver and he was telling telling yeah. Jerry Jerry Calhoun to, to call an ambulance yeah. and Calhoun <laughs> yeah. walks over to, to Lawler and Lawler says I'm not paying for that. And then he comes back yeah. and Calhoun says uh, Jerry he says he'll pay for it. Well, all right, call the ambulance. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, and, you know, Dad. Uh, I'm sure you know this too, Dad. You know, he went out to. California to do the movie Man on the Moon. Yes, yes. Uh, yep. And you know he got to hang out with uh, Jim Carrey, uh, who who he said well, hey was a little weird too. But did he you stay know, in character the said, whole time? I was told that he was stay... character the whole time. Yes. Okay, that's what I was told. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he and my mom went out there. My mom was an extra out in the stands, and uh, dad, dad, uh, he didn't. You know, I was a little disappointed that dad didn't have the role that he should have had. But uh, dad, dad enjoyed going out there, and he enjoyed doing the whole show out there. Um, to piggyback off of, you know, we're talking about your dad's passing and, and the funeral and all like that. After your dad passed, uh, WWE had a really, really nice article, had some very nice things, you know, to, to say about him. What's going on with your dad not being in the WWE Hall of Fame? If there's ever an announcer that should be in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> hell, it's your dad. I mean, do, do know, me and Willie B need to start the petition or what? I mean, what's going on with that? 
every every year when that comes around, guys, you know, I I, I look, I say to myself, what 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 are they thinking? You know, I mean, I know Dad never worked for WWE. Well, neither did Gordon Soley. Yeah. yeah, and I said, I mean, you guys have came through Memphis that Dad helped start their career. And, you know, it's just endless, the number of guys that came through. Well, at the start of the show, I mean, I'm, I'm quoting you different people that I reached out today. Hell, if you want to get to the nuts and bolts of it, Downtown Bruno, a.k.a. AKA Harvey Wimpleman, he is on the top 25 greatest WWE managers of all time. And that can be looked up as a fact. And what did he say about your dad? He said he thanked your dad for getting him over so much in the business. I mean, like yeah. to piggyback what you said, he's helped everybody out. Everybody. I mean, you look at the early early days of Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Flex King, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, they. I mean, they all came through, and Dad all helped them through. He helped them all through interviews. Absolutely, because we we know we know that you know the guys that wasn't great mouthpieces that wasn't big talkers they might have looked apart they could have you know great ring workers ring generals anything you know of that nature but they had to be put with managers that could talk for them and a lot of the guys that you know there's only so many managers to go around in Memphis and so many stables so you had you you were limited on that so your dad was the voice for those guys that that couldn't give the greatest interview or promo. He made them look like a million bucks. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know, one thing I, w I want to say, and I don't know how much time we got. I hope I'm not keeping you guys. But, um, Dad, one thing about Dad was he 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 loved the fans. That It was all about the fans to him. And I, I'll tell you this one story. We went to a uh, uh, Kevin Lawler, I think, put on a, a down at Minglewood Hall. Wildfire Wrestling, right? Yeah. So we went down there. It was one of Dad's first times going back in and doing it. And uh, so at the end of the show, Dad is tired. Heck, he's, he's you know, what, 80, 88, 89 years old at the time. His back's killing him. He's got some back issues. And we're probably sitting there. Probably because that damn dream machine. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're sitting there, and the fans are filing. He goes, come on, Shane, with me. I go, where are we going, Dad? You want to sit down? And Ray goes, oh, come on. He takes me out to where the fans are going out to the exit, and he starts shaking everybody's hand that's coming out, telling them, thank you for coming. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Well, I had the privilege and of Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just like to me, that tell that shows you right there. Lance Russell thinks what he thinks about the fans. It's all about the fans of wrestling. Yes, I had um, I wasn't going to uh, steal Willie B's thunder, but I actually had the the um, we're in we're right now of course we're in the wrestling talk studio, and I actually have a Memphis Heat poster on the wall signed by your dad Dave Brown. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Bill Superstar Dundee and I got the pleasure of actually meeting him in person at the Orpheum Theater so he yeah. you know and he could sign this sign this photo so that's that's an awesome encounter and like you said he was he was I watch you know I sit back and these are my heroes just sit back and watch him and everybody else and he loved the fans man he really did he's he's greeting everybody 
You know, you go yeah. to some of these comic cons, some of these conventions, these guys do it for the money or they act like they'd, they'd rather be somewhere else. Not your dad and Dave Brown. They were they they were ready for another big day of championship wrestling at the Orpheum. That's exact. That's exactly right. And uh, he just he just he couldn't say enough good things about the fans of, of wrestling. He just he knew they were were true and uh, always said always said good things. I don't know so much about myself though, but I know he would have loved and been very, very fond of Willie B's work. He probably would have become <laughs> Willie B's mentor, you know. And <laughs> Willie B would be up there with you know Tony Schiavone one day, which he still might be. We're working on it, so I just got to get him away from you know charging for the autograph and picture. But we're gonna get there, Shane. No worries. <laughs> I hear you. That's good. Well, oh. man, thank you. man. We're gonna wrap it up, but thank you so much, Shane. And you've been you've been very, very, very flexible. I, you know, to be honest, you know, tell the people we've we've rescheduled this thing uh, a, a couple times, you know, due to some time constraints with all parties and all. But thank you from the bottom of my heart for being flexible, for being who you are, and act and and doing this with us and letting us, you know, honor honor your dad and his legacy. Guys, I can't thank you enough. I, uh, although I was never in the wrestling business myself, I, I was a true fan, and I was a true fan of Lance Russell, and I can tell you everything about Lance Russell you need to know. And I just, I agree with you. I think he needs to be uh, be remembered. And uh, if, if if the time ever comes for him to be in the Hall of Fame, I'd love to. I hope I'm around. Hell, man! At this point, though, if if that day ever comes, I, me and Willie B, we going with you, Shane. We're there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, right. Well, Shane, I, I, we good. We appreciate you so much coming on here and and, and sharing the memories with your father. Um, it, it it means a lot not only to us but I know all the fans of Memphis wrestling. He's such an icon, was an icon here, and we 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 hope just to, uh, in a small part be able to to help his memory live on. Well, great guys, thanks again. I hope I if ever I'm in Memphis, uh, I get to I can hook up with you guys at one point and say hello to you face to face absolutely we'd love that please do you uh you you have my number shane reach out anytime if you're ever in town we would we would love to you know uh get a bite to eat with you or sightsee or whatever whatever you'd like to do so thank you thank you so much mr russell that'd be great that's shane don't my dad's mr russell but hey listen can i can i can i sign out like lance did please, on saturday morning by all means go for we'll it close the show all right Hey, for Willie B. and Mayor McCall, this is Shane Russell. Thank you for listening, and have a good day. Bye-bye.